Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. We have a partnership here on The Source with the, the Philadelphia chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. And they have not yet sent us anyone where we said, hmm, today is no exception. Dr. Maylene Duckett-Lee is the president, founder, and CEO of Divi Holding Group, a performance improvement organization where Dr. Lee utilizes her expertise in systems analyses to help companies align strategic goals and identify performance strategies that translate into systemic solutions. That's not what we're here for, though. Dr. Lee is the daughter of Philadelphia Stars second baseman, Marlon Lee, who has been a fan of baseball, who has always been a fan of baseball and a student of its history. So she's going to talk today about the Negro Baseball League and about her father, who played for the Philadelphia Stars of the Negro Baseball League. She will talk about why it's so important for black people to be aware of their history. Good morning, madame, and thank you for joining us on The Source today. Oh, good morning, Andrea, and thank you for having me on today. It's, it's always a pleasure to speak with uh, those of you at WRD who do such a wonderful job keeping our communities updated and informed. Well, ma'am, we also appreciate you, and, and we're happy to hear that you're on to talk about the Negro Baseball League's Black History Month. You are a Black History Fact. You could have been my Black History Fact today. <laughs> so let's talk about your father and the Negro Baseball League. Tell us what you know about it. So the Negro Leagues um, were founded on, uh, in an, out of the, uh, as a result, I should say, of the fact that baseball was always the uh, pop, it was the most popular game um, for many, many years. And so when my father was a young person uh, and then uh, a young teenager, he played baseball uh, in, in different areas of the city. Uh, he was born and raised here in Philadelphia. And baseball was the game. Everyone played baseball. There were fields everywhere. Um, like today, there are basketball courts um, uh, throughout the city and surrounding areas. So young people gravitate to them. Football, of course, is very um, popular today. And we know just coming off of the Super Bowl uh, last night. But baseball was the game. So my father grew up playing baseball, um, as did his friends um, and his siblings. He graduated from, uh, from Overbrook High School and at the age of 17 was drafted into um, the Negro Leagues. Now, at that time, we know, of course, um, it, was, it was a different era and it was a time of segregation uh, in the South. Uh, and so my grandmother, who was raised in the South, really had uh, a lot of um, um, a, a lot of fear when my father at 17 to, to uh, joined the Negro Leagues because she knew that a lot of the games were played in the South. And for him, having grown up in Philadelphia, she was concerned that he would not um, know how to um, adapt and, and how to um, actually um, survive in the Southern 
um, environment. Because of course, in, in those days, it was the days of Jim Crow. Segregation was very much still um, in play. Um, but my grandfather convinced my grandmother to let my father um, join the, the Philadelphia Stars, which he did. So over the years, my, my father played from 1940 to 1950. And during that time, he had many experiences in this country. And of course, uh, the, the most, I guess, telling um, experiences for a young person and, and the most um, telling in the sense that he was not familiar with some of the things that he experienced. So, for example, when they would travel to games in the South, because many of the games were played in, in southern cities. They would ride on a bus. They would get to the, the city uh, that they were going to um, play the game in. And often they had to sleep on the bus because, of course, then um, uh, uh, black folks, Negroes, as they were known then, were not permitted to uh, to check into hotels, to um, you know register in hotels. So they would often sleep on the bus. But often or frequently, there were families um, who would allow these uh, baseball players to sleep in their homes. Um, black families um, who would bring them in, let them sleep in their homes, and also feed them because they couldn't go to restaurants either. So it was an experience that was very challenging for not only my father, but for all of the players. But one of the things as I began to listen um, in, in the, the years of following um, their, their tenure as baseball players, and I would listen to their stories, there was never any bitterness um, about their experience. They, understand, they understood um, what the situation was uh, in many parts of our country, not only the South, but in many parts of our country. But their love for baseball just sustained and overrode any of the negativity that they felt. So the experiences they had were experiences um, of friendship, um, of brotherhood, and of commitment to the game that they were playing. So uh, over the years, over the years, Baseball, um, as I indicated in some of what I was going to say today, had more of an impact of simply providing an outlet um, for a game, for people to come and watch games. Mm -hmm. New League Baseball had a social and economic uh, impact that really was uh, extremely influential for our communities. During the Mm -hmm. hold, hold on, hold on one second, sure. uh, Doctor Duckett Lee, and let me tell you mm -hmm. why I am why I'm stopping you. You spoke of the fact that uh, they were not able to go to hotels to sleep in hotels; they were sleeping on the buses, and that black families took them in and uh, fed them and allowed them to sleep with them. And that you said they didn't complain because there was a camaraderie; they understood what they were doing, right? Their experiences, they formed the friendships, brotherhood, etc. Do you? It, does it? Mm, let me let me let me phrase my question in a way so that this makes absolute sense. Do you believe now or do you see what I am seeing in 2024 that because uh, we've removed uh, a lot of the, the, the things that would keep us together as a community? Right. 
where we didn't have a choice but to stick together and we worked together and we gained success and we gained money and we gained all of those things. Do Is it just me or are you seeing that as we have gained all these freedoms, we've literally also constricted ourselves trying to fit into a system that does not really truly care about us and we have pushed ourselves away from our families trying to fit in as a direct result? Am I making sense, Dr. Duggan Lee? Yes, you are making a lot of sense. And this is why, although we are celebrating on February as Black History Month, our history, uh, it's critical that our history be told and shared 12 months out of the year. We know what is happening in the country today where there are so many um, individuals who are trying to erase our history and trying to delete our contributions um, to, um, to this country. And so it's, it's, it's very important, um, particularly that our young people understand um, where we have come from, the strength upon which um, we, we lie. Because for many of us, we had grandparents and great-grandparents who lived and experienced some of that. So we were told orally. We heard stories. We, we, got, um, we, we were presented with um, a, a picture um, of, of the reality of what it was like for us and what we needed to do in order to make sure that we were able to survive and move forward. So I think you are absolutely right. So, for example, when Jackie Robinson um, uh, was provided, um, you know, a contract with the Brooklyn Dodgers mm-hmm. in 1947, uh, it was exciting because he was a member of the Negro Leagues. And so baseball had been segregated. And now suddenly one of their own was being, um, you know, brought into Major League Baseball. However, that was the beginning of um, actually the end. That's right. Of the demise. Because that was 1947. By 1950, although there were some Negro League teams that still played beyond that, the leagues themselves really um, no longer existed. And all that money that was going within the black communities to, as these, the the black Negro League, that was now going to Major League Baseball. That's right. So that was absolutely intentional to pull at least one of them in and then they could dismantle uh, the Negro Leagues so that the money could come to this other group, right? And even today in baseball history, the Philadelphia Phillies, for example, have a, have a, storied history about the way black uh, players are treated yes. or not brought yes. into the league. And we kind of poo-poo it because, you know, oh, they're giving us money to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And so we have to literally not not uh, uh, cover our history in an effort to be seen by folks who are making billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's, it continues to happen every single day because we're too afraid to, 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 to shake the boat or um, you know, upset the apple cart. Meanwhile, the people within our communities that are suffering as a direct result of some of the actions of some of these folks, you know, and, and we just we pretend like we don't see it. So I feel like in some ways, segregation was to our demise, honestly, right? And I, and I don't say that lightly because when we had to stick together and work together, Cheney and, and, and Lincoln and all those other universities, we were pumping out excellence because we knew there were people that were not waiting, wanting to see us to do well. And we, we joined and became a part of everything else. And 
And it's just, we're just, we're all over the place. We're gaining degrees and losing our soul. Buying the $400 million houses and losing our souls. Because we keep forgetting that we're supposed to work together. And the Negro League, what you have, what you just described about your father and his teammates and all the work that they did, plus they pass it on to you, right? And you pass it on to your children to understand what is possible. Well, how often do we see that anymore? Yes, yes. absolutely. And your, your point is so well taken because even when the Negro Leagues were at, um, at, at, at its height, the Negro League player or the teams did not own um, facilities that could, um, you know, accommodate large crowds. So they would have to rent the fields, the ball fields from the, the white owners who were, you know, getting money from that. And then the owners would also get part of the ticket or the gate um, sales. Mm-hmm. And the, the state, the fields would, you know, the ballparks would be packed with people on, on Sunday afternoons. And that's Sunday. Sundays were the day um, of the week when most of the Negro League games took place because Major League Baseball weren't using their ballparks um, on Sundays. So you had, um, you know, all of the, um, the the black or African-American community coming out after church. Yep. They were dressed. They were go. It was a social thing. It was a happening in the north. Not so much in the south, but in the north, the attendance of white people attended those games because the play of baseball in the Negro Leagues was very different from the play of baseball in major league mm. baseball and in, in the games. It was very exciting. So the, 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 the ballparks would be packed with people. So, of course, this is drawing the attention of some of those who say, oh, well, this might be an opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Because in, in, the, in the 1940s, by the early 1940s, Negro League Baseball was the largest African-American enterprise in the United States, bringing in annual revenues of approximately $2 million dollars. And that money largely stayed in the African-American communities. So there, there is, so there's this, this cyclical whatever, Mm -hmm. um, where we see how success in this area, then, um, because of other factors and, you know, we, we know that, um, the, men who were then, who left the Negro Leagues to play in Major League Baseball, we, we know that there was a, a reason for that. There was, a, you know, financial reason. There was a, a social, there, was, there were all kinds of uh, reasons for that to happen. But it was the beginning of the end of a lot of things, not only just Negro League Baseball, but of an economic base and an Absolutely. economic strength in our communities. And we didn't see it, Dr. Duckett Lee, no. until it was too late. It was upon us. And we're realizing that instead of gaining wealth, we were losing wealth. Instead of, you know, unity, we, you, you see, do you see where we are in 2024, where we're, we're, we're right. just tearing at each other and tearing at the fabric of, of our communities? And we have a little known thing that is just now that's been at play for years that we're only now just paying attention to called artificial intelligence. And we're being targeted in ways that we can't even begin to imagine to rip us even further apart at our fabric, at our seams, so that we don't work together. It is the scariest thing. And we're just kind of going along to get along and, you know, cussing and fussing at everybody in within our communities instead of really seeing the larger picture. 
we we have to take on some of that ownership, Dr. Duckett Lee, because we've allowed ourselves to be compromised because we wanted to be the first this or the, you know, I'm the this of the that. And we don't realize that if we don't lift as we climb, which so many of us have not only not lifted as we climb, we didn't even look back until we got in trouble by the very people who used us to get into the spaces of our authority. And then all of a sudden we're black again. You, I, I, I feel like yes. I'm... I feel, and I, 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 I forgive me, madame, forgive me. But when you opened up and began talking about the unity and how everybody worked together, it just struck a chord with me. Yes. Struck a chord with me. What do you yes. think your father would say today based on all the things he sees happening now? You see happening now? Well, I, you know, I, I think he would be somewhat discouraged by the um, lack of um, knowledge of, 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 what happened before. And and the reason I, I say that, and it brings to my mind, um, I I do a lot of things with the Phillies um, in the name of the Negro Leagues and, and my father. And not only the um, very, very few African-American players who are now in Major League Baseball, because you know that, that number is, is very, very Amazing. small. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, largely players of color are Hispanic. Yep. They, there's no, whether they're African-American or Hispanic, there's no knowledge of the Negro Lakes. There, there's no knowledge of the history. And, and I said to um, uh, Milt Thompson, who is a, a former Philly um, player, uh, last Mar- uh, Jackie Robinson day, I said, you know, I said, these players, you know, they don't know anything about Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, he said, that's true. He said, and these um, the Hispanic players don't even know anything about Roberto Clemente, who, of course, you know, he was a, a, a star, you know, his, you know, a, a Latino or Hispanic star who was killed in, in a plane yep. um, crash when he was going to do some charity work. And so what Milt Thompson was saying is that, you know, these, these players are about money. They're about their contracts. They're about, you know, this and that, but they're not about understanding and really caring about the history of the game and the impact of the people who made it possible for them to play. Because had it not been for the Negro League players, none of these players of color would be playing Major League Baseball. And and when you forget your history and you were smacked upside the head uh, by being treated a certain way, they're going to look and say, I don't know what you're talking about. This has never happened before, but it has happened before. And if you learned and continue to push it forward, then we wouldn't make some of the mistakes we make today, we're making today. We like to hold other people accountable for the things that are happening to us. But I dare say we need to hold ourselves accountable too. Dr. Duckett Lee, that was <laughs> riveting. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate your being here this morning. Please let the Philadelphia Links Incorporated know another excellent segment. And we'd like to learn more from you about your father in the upcoming months and years. Is that all right? That's fine. And thank you so much. And um, I really, um, I, I just, what you are doing and, and, and delivering to the community is so critical. So just thank you. Thank you so much, my sister. Thank you. Have a great day. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 